Hey everyone, welcome back to Just The Tips. I am Paco bringing you Just The Tips. This is where I bring you the tips of my everyday conversation that I conversations that I have with my manufacturers, my integrators, end users, anybody in this industry. I want to be able to bring you the information that I get and hopefully this information will help you be more successful out in the fields. Today, I have Samantha Potter. She's back with us again. She brought us AHM64. She brought us custom controls. And now we're going to be talking about automatic mic mixing, where it started, what it is, what its applications are, and where you can actually find it in the Allen & Heath line. So with, without further ado, Sam, hi, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me back. This is uh, this is becoming a bit of a problem, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, automatic mic mixing. Give us a little bit, um, a little bit of history behind it, and kind of you know where it came, where it's going, and then we'll just kind of jump right into how Allen and Heath utilizes it in its product line. Yeah. So, AMM or automatic mic mixing. Uh, Kind of got started, if I'm not mistaken, by uh, Sir Dugan. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, kind of created this this version of this gain sharing idea. And in essence, you know, we use automatic mic mixing to mix mics automatically. Now, <laughs> stick with me. Um, it, it's just a way for us to not have to ride faders quite so much to make things like uh, talking heads, uh, corporate meetings, uh, spoken word, multiple like simultaneous mic scenarios, um, or just other fader writing scenarios that aren't musical and it makes that easier for us so amms just as a note for those that don't know uh, we do not use those on music of of any kind you'll have a very bad time so you mean you don't put this on a drum kit or maybe like eight leads in a in a broadway musical or something like that um no no (laughs) normally not uh because it really the whole point of on mic mic mixing is to kind of intentionally point the audio to one person's direction, either at a time um, or based on level to make things, again, to make it, we have to ride faders less. So, so yes, you had no mentioned music. talking heads. For, for mm-hmm. there, I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there that's going to be talking heads. What does she mean, talking heads? So if we were to break it down even to a more simpler form, define what you mean by talking heads. Yeah, and it's so by not talking the band. heads, yeah, unfortunately not. Um, talking heads is going to be scenarios like town hall meetings or uh, corporate meetings where there may be several like board members talking. Think of scenarios or speaking situations where there will be like four or five or eight mics on one table at a given time, and people may be darting around speaking to one another, having a very open conversation or taking turns presenting something. That's what we mean by talking heads. There's no extra fluff. It's like just heads that are talking, and that's all we're capturing. And now how, with that said, now that people have a visualization of what it is, how does AMM work in an environment like that? Yeah, so it kind of depends on what versions of AMM you're using. So on our stuff, uh, we have two modes. One is NOM or number of mics, and we have the D Classic, which is that Dugan inspired one. So the differences between those is going to be the number of mics or the NOM is a gate 
style. Um, it will basically kind of shut off people who it, it, the, it perceives as not talking. You have things like, you know, chair selection or best mic, you know, you can kind of put emphasis on one person um, and you can adjust the sensitivity. And there's usually, at least on ours, we have like a, a solo, like a manual overdrive of like, we wanna ignore everything that's happening. This person is speaking right now and needs to be heard. Okay, so there's that one. Then the other version, D Classic, is a gain sharing style. So basically, uh, loud, you know, louder signals get more gain in the mix. Uh, you can change the priority level. It's a lot more plug and play. It's a very automated, super easy to use. Um, but sometimes people want NOM because you can really dial it in. It like you can have so many, like when you just toggle between the two modes on either you know your SQ uh, or your Vontis or your DLive or even your HM64, uh, the buttons like grow exponentially when you switch over to NOM. So depending on how you like it to function, I mean, I can't tell you which one to use when, because it kind of depends on who's using it and, and how you prefer it, how hands-off you prefer to be. I want to add to what you're talking about there, because this is something I think I always, I always have conversations with when people ask me about automatic mic mixing um, and or even just, I, I guess, you know, DSPs as well, is we have to actually educate end users sometimes on what they really, really want to be hearing in an environment mm -hmm. like that. When you have more than two or four microphones wide open on, let's say, eight channels of automatic mic mixing, I always tell people it's more of an argument than a discussion. If you, if you have six or so, because I've had people say, well, I want all eight mm -hmm. of them. I'm like, no, you really don't. Because if you have that many people really going at it and really talking back and forth and back and forth, the conversation becomes unintelligent and it, you mm -hmm. really don't grasp what's happening. So if, when you say num number of mics, I know that from my experiences, I always tell people you need to look at the least amount of microphones or number of mics open in order to accomplish what you're trying to uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you start getting up to like those really large numbers, it, it may be more advantageous to do the gain sharing because basically the more open mics that it has or it detects the uh, less gain basically that each mic gets. So the more you have open, the more it's kind of like, Shh, be, you know, hush. Uh, and when you do the number of mics that can, just like you said, uh, really uh, get out of hand quickly, because if especially on these town hall kinds of things or corporate ones where people are uh, talking over one another. And there's also argument, I guess, to be made where if you're doing the, the gate style, it is a gate. It's not where the gain sharing, it's kind of like everybody's sort of open at once. The gate sharing, it may right. not, right. Uh, it may be too closed off for the people not talking. So yeah, it kind of depends. Then correct me if I'm wrong, when you're looking at an environment where you have, let's say, local reinforcement versus a far end style, that can also dictate which version of that that you're going to use. Can you say more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if you, let's say you have eight people sitting at a table and you have a set of speakers, you know, off going to local reinforcement there, um, which version of gain sharing would you, or gain sharing, excuse me, uh, automatic mic mixing, would you use yeah. an environment like that versus if you have a board of people, eight people, let's say, and mm -hmm. you're actually sending it to a, a live stream? Mm, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I would use personally 
if I was recording, I would probably use Nom because I mm -hmm. want a super clean feed. Yeah. And with this yeah, gain sharing one, uh, if for local, I mean, mm -hmm. and you can't run both at one time <laughs> unless you have two separate uh, items, but two separate consoles or matrix processors. Um, but yeah, if I'm wanting, if I want something kind of more natural sounding, as in mm -hmm. it, it's not completely cutting every, it's not like gating it, I would use right. the D classic, the Dugan style. Um, and if I wanted a super clean, completely uninterrupted feed of preciseness, I might use the gate sharing, the nom. Great. That's exactly what I was thinking too. So <laughs> with that said, let's look at the, um, the product line and where it enters in, in the consoles from whether it be Q all the way up to D live. Now we know that D live has it, but we started. Yeah, uh, yeah you're correct. It is actually Q, Q on up. Uh, has automatic mic mixing and uh, AHM64 has it as well. Um, they all have different numbers of engines. Uh, I, off the top of my head, I know that um, SQ has two that you can use. I just, I'm on SQ a lot, so I know mm -hmm. that off yep. the top of my head. And then the AHM, because it's like, you know, like my baby of sorts, I know that it has up to eight different engines. Mm -hmm. So. Nice, nice. And then, then and DLive also has it. So for a lot, a lot of the large corporate environment where people are deploying <laughs> large consoles in a, in a corporate uh, AV world, um, there are, um, I think it's, is it 64 channels of automatic mic mixing on the DLive? On DLive, yes. The number of engines is different, but you can put mm -hmm. up to, you can like scatter up to, up right. to 64. Six, yeah, so. and that's what I thought. So, okay. So um, did we miss anything? Did I miss anything? No, I mean, if you want to know more, I had a, a mini masterclass. You could always email me about, uh, or just you know, uh, email you, Paco. We could always have more conversations based on AMM. I want to say thank you. Automatic mic mixing. We just scratched the surface of it there. Um, we do get a lot of questions about it. Um, so we do have um, tons of information about it. If you have more questions, feel free to email me at reps at protechm.com. Send us suggestions. If you want to hear something, if there's something that Samantha can cover for you, um, feel free to email us. Email her. I'll have her information in the description. Um, that's all I have. Thanks. Thank you.